Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillan, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Two weeks ago, I presented for the ASX at one of their Investor Hour seminars in Melbourne, and this was mainly attended by retirees or, or those nearing retirement. And as such, given the, the demographic that I was talking to being more investors and more buy and what I would call buy and hold investors, meaning you know, most of the people attending, I think, were somewhere between you know, 50 and 70 years old. And, and so because they were at retirement, nearing retirement, and most of them were more buy and hold investors, and a lot of them were uh, members of the, or probably half of them were members of the Australian Investors Association as well, which it tends to be those sorts of people tend to be a bit more buy and hold as well. Well, this caused me to look at really what was the best thing that I could share with these people that they could take away that day and use uh, for themselves to actually manage their portfolio. Because obviously those people attending an ASX Investor Hour seminar would actually own shares. And so therefore, what could I give them that would help them to take away and actually use? And, And the same things that I was talking about that day totally relate to share traders as well, not just investors, but I just simplified it into uh, a more of an investor type of mentality, I suppose, without being rude to anybody. It's just an investor mentality as opposed to a trading one. Um, but for those anyone, uh, for those, for the actual day was actually recorded by the ASX and it's now been putting up, uh, put up on their website. So for anyone, anybody wanting to view the video, it's about um, I think it's 45 minutes long, the whole presentation, because we also have a question and answer time at the end of it. But anyone wanting to view that video of the presentation, they can just visit the ASX website. So it's asx.com.au and navigate to um, Education and Resources tab, which is on the left-hand side of the browser. Um, and then the next page comes up and then you, you navigate your way through to the Investor Hour recordings. Uh, and um, if the, a simpler way to do it, obviously, if you can't remember all that, simple way is just to jump onto our website, click on one of the links at the top of, of the menu bar. It says blog. Go into our blog and I've got the link to, that pres- to the ASX presentation on there. So if you want to view the whole video in a lot more depth. But to me, the answer to what I would present um, at that seminar was really, really, really simple because year in, year out, uh, whether I get a bull market or whether we get a bear market, the the biggest or the single biggest mistake people make, uh, in my opinion, whether they're investors or traders, it's not is is to not is not to sell or is to not sell. Uh, and to me, not selling doesn't always mean not selling when a stock's in a loss. And often when people are chatting to me and, and I mentioned them that you need to learn how to sell shares, they think of, you know, well, it's selling shares in a loss. Uh, And to me, not selling a share can mean not selling when in a profit, as well as not selling with a profit, not just, um, but in, in, in also, and not selling in a profit, because not selling in a profit can also affect your profitability just as much as not selling when in a loss. And people don't realize that, and they don't calculate the actual dollar terms. And I often teach, when I'm teaching our traders, is to say you can have a win-loss ratio of, you know, 60% wins, 40% losses, and maybe you can have a win-loss uh, profit of 20% per per winning trade and a loss of 15% per winning trade. And you can calculate that out if you know that your average trade length is 12 months long. You can now get a calculator with those figures and work out how much money you'd make based on a set figure at the start, let's say 10000 
But if you don't actually bring it down into dollar figures, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to people. And I find people jump sometimes sell for all sorts of different reasons, whether they're in a loss or whether they're in a profit. And most of them, or a lot of the reasons that I see people buying and selling are not necessarily solid. And we get that all the time. And I, Janine and myself, get callers from people on Sky Channel all the time, you know, wanting to buy or wanting to sell out of a share and really not understanding what they're doing. So as I said, not selling doesn't always mean not selling when at a loss. Because, uh, as I said, it's what most people think that I'm talking about. Um, and I'm talking about selling a share, whether in profit or whether in loss. If you learn how to do this, and this is probably the crux of my presentation um, the other week at the ASX, was if you learn how to sell, you'll make far more money. Because I know people that have been listening to my podcast for a long time and our students know that I talk about it's what you do not make to determine, what you do not lose is determine how much you make. So not losing helps you actually make more money. I also say is that selling will actually make you more money, which sounds like an oxymoron. People go, well, if you sell, how do you make money? Uh, and the thing is, is you need to be able to learn how to sell, and it's critical in whether it's one of those, as I said, one of the biggest mistakes traders and investors make, you have to learn how to sell. Now, we've all heard the statement that you can't go broke taking a profit. But in my opinion, that's totally wrong because you can actually go broke taking a profit. Selling when in profit is knowing when to sell in profit. It's just as important to know is knowing when to sell in a loss. Now, remember I said, listen to the words carefully. It's when to sell. Not just getting online and to Comsec or E-Trade or whoever it is and just buying and selling. That's not what I mean. I mean is what are you buying and when are you buying it and what are you selling and when are you selling it and knowing those. And when I ask people at the seminar who... Uh, if they knew how or when to buy shares, very few people put their hand up. And then when I asked them, how, uh, asked people if they knew how or when to sell shares, even less people put their hand up. So more people knew how and when to buy shares and less people knew how and when to sell a share. Now, normally I get around 80% at least knowing how to buy a share because most people will just, go, will just go online and just buy a share. But that's not necessarily what I'm talking about here. But the interesting thing is, as I said, most majority of people know how to buy a share, but almost no one knows when to sell a share. And to me, that's, as I said, much important. Now, I won't go into, you know, you can't go broke taking a profit because I need to calc- uh, work, give you some figures and facts and everything else. But you can actually go broke taking a profit. And I hear a lot of traders set profit stops and everything else. And that's why I don't teach profit stops because it's not necessarily a profitable way to trade because you can actually go broke taking a profit. But maybe that's a subject of another podcast that I might have. Now, also with people, as I said, you know, talking to people about 80% don't know when to buy or uh, to they, they know how to buy but they don't know how to sell i also how much ask them how much time they actually spent looking at what to buy and how much time at looking at what to sell then i ask them to consider the difference in the time that they do in either of those two tasks because really the, the, as, as i say on the video there's, there's only two things that we can control in the share market one is when we get in and one is when we get out so one is knowing when to buy and one is knowing when to sell now, when I ask people to consider how much time they spend on looking to buy, most of their time was spent in looking to buy. And it was about 80 to 90% of their time is devoted at looking at what to buy. 
And this gets into things like reading reports and newsletters and, and websites. And, you know, we see the brokers, you know, trying to seduce you to open an account saying we've got this great website. We've got all this information and news and reports and, you know, the website there. You can get this software where, you know, you can do all your analysis on the software and blah, 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 blah. A whole range of different things. And people get devouring all this information, but they don't really know what to do with it. But the thing is, what's critical to me is then we get starting into information overload, which I've talked about on podcasts before. But the thing is, most people, once, they're, once they've got their shares, they spend very, very little time looking at that share and knowing when to sell it and looking at what they should be doing to manage that share and that position and when they should be selling it. So therefore, I would argue that you should spend, or argue the re- that those figures should be reversed, that 80 to 90% of your time or 80% of your time should be spent at least managing your portfolio, what you've got now, looking at your strategy about moving forward, where you're going, why you're going, what shares you're currently holding, are you holding the right amount of shares, is your weightings right in those shares, where your stop losses are, when are you going to sell it, where, and at what time do you think you're going to sell it, and how, you, how you're managing that rather than anything to buy. I mean, at the end of the day, you can get a coin, flip a coin and go 50-50, yes, I'm going to buy it, or no, I'm not going to buy it. And if you do the right money management and you manage your stop losses correctly, over time you will make money. And that's because everybody's going to be at a peak, even 50-50 flipping a coin. You're going to pick shares that will go up 100%. And as long as your stop losses are there, you might have several losses in a row, maybe even 10 in a row. But eventually you're going to pick shares that are going to go up well. And if you minimize your losses, you'll make money over time. But if I ask you, you know, when, when you, how much time you spend on looking at shares to buy, I can guarantee your answer is probably a lot. And if I ask you how much time you spend on looking to sell and managing your portfolio, you're probably going to say a little bit. So you're probably in the same boat as everybody else. Because because when our mar- money is on the market, we have absolutely no control of it. Because remember, all, this, all we can do is when, no, uh, determine when we're buying and when we're selling. That's the only two decisions we can do. So whilst our money's on the market, we have absolutely no control over it. It's the market doing whatever it's going to do, whether it rises or falls or whether that share rises and falls. So if you can only realise a profit when you sell, then why don't people sell more? Because to me, once the money's on the marketplace, it's not. I treat it as not my money because the market's in control of it. it unless it's in my bank account, it's not my money. Because a bank account is the only thing where it's capital guarantee that's your money. If my money's on the marketplace, and for example, I've got a share that's currently trading at $10 today, and tomorrow it opens up at $5, I've just lost $5 a share. I had had absolutely no control of that other than my decision today whether I hold it or sell it. And so therefore, we need to look at that. And so, and I want to understand why people, or I want to talk to you about why people don't sell more when they know, when it's really quite simple to understand that when your money's in the market, you don't control that. So why don't people people sell shares that they're losing on? And that's probably the most important thing is we see a lot of people or traders and investors, they buy a share and it starts to go down or it might go up first and it starts to go down and they don't actually sell that. So why don't they actually sell those shares? And also other people you get, and I mentioned this at the, at the ASX workshop or seminar, you know, you might buy a share and it goes up in a profit and, you, and it's up in 10% and then it falls by about 5% and people go, oh, look, I'll sell it when it gets back up to the 10% profit again. But then it never does and it keeps falling. And then we watch the share keep falling. And the more it falls, the more emotional we get about it, the more we can't sell it and we get tied into a position. 
So to me, why people don't sell shares they're losing on is, is really a, an emotional thing. Uh, and the thing is, it's far easier to deal with a paper loss than it is with an actual loss in your bank account. And to me, if you have a share at $10 and you buy it at $10 and it's $5, to me, it's a loss regardless of whether it's just on paper and people go, well, I haven't sold yet, so I haven't got a loss. And to me, that's one of those false things we tell ourselves to make our own ego is probably a word that I can use to satisfy our ego to make us feel at peace with what's going on at the moment in our portfolio. But the thing is, it's far easier to deal with that paper loss than a physical one in a bank account. But to me, there's a whole lot of issues around that as well is if we do sell those shares, if we don't sell those shares, and let's, for example, say we put $10,000 into one share and now it's trading at a 50% loss. Now it's only $5,000, but we can't have that $5,000 going into a share that's going up while we're still in a share that's going down or doing nothing. So it's about opportunity costs. We're also looking at, um, you know, why would you hold it when it's fallen 50%? So having your stop losses to minimize your losses, it means you can start from a higher base. For example, if you lose 10%, you've got to make 11% to break even. So therefore, if I sell out at a stock at 10%, then I've got money then to go into another stock that's going up that only has to rise 11% to break even. But if I take a 50% loss, then I've got to get a share that will double in price. And this is what I was talking about on, on in this seminar, asking people about how long with the GFC, are they still behind where they were prior to the GFC? And the answer on most people's cases, especially buy and hold investors, is absolutely they're behind still. And, you know, we're four and a half, you know, in September this year, it'll be five years down the track since the the highest high on the All Ordinaries Index. And so it's about make, as I said, investing is about making money. It's about learning how to sell and exiting and protecting capital, preserving your capital as much as you can so that when the market does move, you can capitalize on that. And I also talk, talking to people about making sure they look at their portfolio, not individual shares too, looking at your whole portfolio return. But I won't get into that today so to me it's about emotions uh, and the other thing is about laziness number my second point that i bring up is laziness and i use laziness in as a general term because people don't know when or how to buy or sell so they do nothing except to blame the economy or somebody else so when something's going on they go oh it's too hard i don't know what to do i don't know who to trust i don't know if i sell it Am I making a mistake? And if I sell it, then it goes up. I'll feel bad because it's gone up after I've sold it. Or if I buy it and it goes down, I'll feel bad because it's gone down and I've made the decision to buy it. And so people play that emotional roller coaster. So they say, well, okay, it's all too hard. I'll pull back and don't do anything. And by doing nothing, they're like putting their head in the sand. And doing nothing is, is to me, is not making a decision. I would rather make a decision and get it wrong. For example, let's sell out of a share that we're losing money on. And then it starts to rise. And I'm like, okay, well, that was a wrong decision. And it may not have been a wrong decision. It may have just the market was doing what it does. Because it, the market will do whatever it does, whether you like it or not. And so we can make a decision to exit and the stock will rise. But then I can just buy it back in again. And yeah, maybe I might buy in at 2 3 4 5% higher than what I sold. But I can actually do that. Um, and that's just a little bit. But the most important thing is I've protected my capital from a share that had a higher probability of falling. So don't be lazy when you've got your shares. Actually look at what you're doing, learn how to sell and learn how to buy. And if we can get a bit better at buying and we can get a lot better at selling, then you'll make more money. But why don't people sell shares that they're making money on too? 
and this is a really interesting one as well. When you're making money, and that's for example, say you've had a share in the last 12 months that's made 50%, people go, oh, I was going to make another 50% in the next 12 months. Or if you've had a share that's made 100% in the last 12 months. And this is where I see a lot of this on Sky Channel and other people that say to me, oh, I want to buy this share. I go, why? And they go, oh, it went up 100% last year. To me, what's run in the last year doesn't necessarily mean it's going to run the same in the next year. And normally that's not the case anyway. With blue chip shares, they normally run for 12 months to two years, average, say, around 18 months max. Um, So once you've got the run, you want to capture that, put that in your bank account in theory, and then look for the next one on the run. So you're looking for ones that are about to run, not ones that have already run. But the the end of the day is people look why they don't sell shares they're making money on is fear of missing out on more profits. And that's why you've got to have rules around when you're buying and when you're selling. And that's why we have stop losses. We have trailing stop losses that we teach you how to trade. And a lot of these things are simple to learn and do. You just have to understand what they are. And I talk about that in the video, give you some hints and tips around that. Uh, and as I said, um, one of the other reasons why people don't sell shares that are in profit is they believe past performance will continue. Now, some shares won't, might rise for three years, but in general, most shares will run 12 months, 9 months, 18 months. Um, and so you want to be on them while they're running. And when they start falling away, you want to get out on them. And another one is being fixed on a price. I know I see a lot of people um you know, when they ask questions going, you know, I bought this year and I want to sell it at $3.47. I go, well, why $3.47? And they become fixed on that price so that when it gets to that point, they're going to sell. But it might blow right through that price. It might get close to it and then start falling away. And then people still have that price fixed on it. To me, it's about having rules around when's a good time to buy and when's a good time to sell with a higher probability behind you of knowing that you're going to get some slippage, you're going to get some slippage off the bottom where the share may have a bottom of, say, $2 and you buy it at $2.30 or $2.40, but then it might rise to $5 and you sell it at $4.50. You're going to get some slippage off the top and the bottom and expect that. But to me, it's about just having a nice set of rules around it about when you buy, when you sell, protecting your capital as much as you can. So there's preservation there of your, of your base capital and allow the stocks to rise. As one of the questions I ask the people at the seminar is, who's, is, does anybody ever worry about a share going up? And not a hand went up in the room. But when I said, does anybody worry about a share going down? All the hands went up. I'm going to leave this with you and hopefully some of what I've discussed has been interesting. But as I mentioned earlier, if you'd like to watch the video, you can visit it. Uh, visit the, There's a link on our blog, which you just go to our website, as I mentioned. As I've enjoyed talking with you today and hopefully you found this interesting and I look forward to chatting with you next time. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.